You're listening to the Millennials Choice Show, Canada's most trusted podcast on all things real estate, finance, and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Matthew Ablican. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome to another episode of the Millennials Choice Show. I'm your host today, Sarah Ablican, Matthew's wife, and I'm here with Matthew. What's going on, guys? We have a very special episode today for you guys. First things first, don't forget to like, subscribe, and if you haven't already, leave us a comment. We love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Good job, Sarah. Was that your first <laughs> intro? Honestly, probably. <laughs> no, it, it went really, really well. And, and today we do have a special episode for you guys. The Bank of Canada has made an announcement to hold the interest rate steady. Um, and so we want to talk about how that's going to impact you, how that's going to impact the real estate market what we think may happen going forward and kind of talk a little bit about what's happening year over year in the market and what that looks like and maybe some strategies you guys can implement or or maybe you're looking at things the wrong way and we want to point out some of those things and and talk about some of those things to get you understand to understand those concepts like savings Carson we were talking about savings and inflation you can't outsave inflation and it's so funny, before this whole thing ever happened, when I first started in real estate in the first few years of my real estate career, I'd always tell people, you can't outsave inflation. And the way I knew that is for my own life, I was working two jobs, I was working and in school and all that stuff. I couldn't save anything. I didn't, I couldn't, I just simply couldn't. So we want to talk a little bit about those things, Yep. give you a market update, you know, and, and share about how this rate announcement can impact you, will impact you, and the real estate market. 100%. So tell us, what was said today? Yeah, so the Bank of Canada came out after raising the rates as of March 2nd, 2022. They've raised the interest rates eight times. This is one of the most aggressive interest rate hikes that the Bank of Canada has gone through in its history in the history of of the Bank of Canada, in the history of of the nation of Canada. Wow. So after eight times of raising the rates, they, on the ninth announcement, which took place on March 8th, this this announcement said basically that we're still going to raise rates potentially in the future, but they've decided to keep them steady and keep them the same. So what does that mean? Like this is the first time eight rate hikes most aggressive in the history on the ninth announcement they've said we're going to keep them steady now they're citing inflation being down so inflation was at a uh, at around uh, 8.1 percent and now more recently they they've the numbers have come out and they've said that the inflation rate is 5.9 percent now i know a lot of you guys listening to this and and i agree with you that those numbers are let's use the word manipulated in some sense. And I, I'm with you on that. I, I truly am. And the basket of goods that they look at to determine inflation doesn't include some stuff, include some stuff. And, you know, they could say whatever they want to say, but the reality is Canadians are paying more for groceries. We're right. paying more for gas. Housing is more expensive than it's ever, the most expensive it's ever been in our lifetime, in our history. It's been the most expensive it's ever been. And I'll explain that in a minute. So these are all things, these are all factors that are going to now impact our lives as Canadians. And it's important to understand what's going on so that we can make prudent and wise decisions. Right. 
Yeah. Right. So where does that leave us? So like for someone like me who doesn't know much about the rates and stuff like that, uh, what does this announcement really mean? Like, so now it's steady. It hasn't gone up. It hasn't gone down. Like you said, what does that mean? Yeah. So whenever the Bank of Canada makes an announcement, it directly impacts the what we call the variable rates in mortgages. Okay. So if somebody has a variable rate mortgage and the Bank of Canada decides to raise their overnight rate, then what happens is the rate you have on your mortgage will go up. If they decide to keep it steady, then your rate stays the same. If they decide to decrease it, then your rate goes down, which is a good thing for you. Um, It also impacts things like your line of credit rate. Okay. So if you have an unsecured line of credit and and you're paying, you know, 10%, but then the Bank of Canada raises their rates by 50 basis points. So half of a percent. Right. Then your rate goes from 10 to 10.5. Right. So anytime they raise the rates, you know, it becomes more expensive to use your line of credit. It becomes more expensive to pay your mortgage. If they keep it the same, obviously nothing changes. And if they decrease it, then, you know, you, your, your, your interest decreases as well, which is what we all want. We want lower rates, uh, obviously, as an investor. Understood. Got it. Okay. So that's what that means when they make an announcement. Now, some people wonder, well, how come how come you keep saying variable and not fixed rates, right? So fixed rates are not impacted by the Bank of Canada's decision directly. Okay. Fixed rates have to do with, with, with what's called the bond market. So if the bonds are doing well and the, the yields are going up or down, depending on whatever whatever they're doing, whether they're doing well or or not, and the bond yield is going up or down, the fixed rates follow suit. Okay. If they go up, the fixed rates go up. If they go down, fixed rates go down. So that's, that has to do with the bond market. And I'm not, I'm not going to pretend and say I'm an expert on the bond market. I'm not. I'm an expert in real estate. But what I'm trying to point out to you, the distinction is that the variable rate is what's directly impacted by the Bank of Canada announcements, not the fixed rates. So right now I say that because fixed rates are lower than the variable rates. So somebody who is in a variable rate mortgage can actually call their lender today and say, what fixed rate option can you provide me with? And they can lock into a fixed rate today that's lower than their variable rate. Of course, most people in variable are hoping that the variable rate comes down. I get that. They're hoping that rates come down a little bit more. Maybe they'll lock into a fixed rate at that time. So I get that. But that's all speculation. We we don't know for certain what, what's going to happen. But that's that's what somebody could do right now if they wanted to go into a lower rate mortgage if they were in a variable or are in a variable rate mortgage today. Okay, understood. Yeah. Got it. And remind us again, what is the difference between a variable and a fixed mortgage? And how long can you be in that fixed or variable mortgage? Great question. So fixed rate simply means, you know, you're getting this interest rate. This is how much your payment is going to be. Okay. And it doesn't change for the term of that mortgage. So what's the term to answer the other part of your question? There are different mortgage terms you can get. It's kind of like a phone contract where you sign up with like, let's say a Rogers or a Bell and you commit to two years, three years. That's the term. That's what it means in in the mortgage world as well. It's the same thing. So you could get a, a term, a mortgage term, For one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, seven years, 10 years. I've never seen anyone ever go for a seven or a 10 year 
term simply because things the, change right uh things can change not only in that person's life yeah. but also the rates are much higher usually for a seven year or a 10 year term um and again i'm not an expert as to why that that is or how the banks calculate that but seven or 10 year terms are usually like way more expensive so you could do that on the fixed side or the variable side so fixed side nothing changes this is your rate this is your payment this is the interest this is the principal and and that's not not going to change regardless of what happens and during that, that term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got it. Variable rate though, variable rate it actually does change. So there's two types of variable rates you can get. You can get a variable rate where it'll go up and down and your payment will change accordingly throughout that term. Or you can get a closed variable rate which simply means that even if the rates go up, your payment won't change. But more of that payment will pay interest rather than paying off your mortgage if the rates go up. If they go down, more of that payment will pay your mortgage and less of it will go towards interest. So there's different things to there's different things to consider when you're getting either a variable or a fixed rate mortgage. Right. Got it. And there's different pros and cons to both. And I think Carson had a question. As of today, what term would you I mean, it's, it's hard to speculate, but what term would you suggest people get in this time of uncertainty that we're, that we're in? Yeah. So the biggest thing we're seeing in the real estate market, that's a really good question, Carson, is, is that what's going to happen, right? There's so much uncertainty and the biggest problem we're, we're kind of looking at, which we, I don't think we should be looking at, but one of the biggest issues we're seeing is. Will a lot of people default on their mortgages? Will there be a lot of properties for sale that the bank takes over and sells because people cannot make their mortgage payments? So as an example, someone could be renewing their mortgage in 2023 and they've had such low rates for the last few years or however long their term was that now they're going to be renewing at a much higher rate. Are they going to be able to afford that new payment? Maybe not everybody will be able to do so. Or some people bought a property that's closing this year. And now that property, they're going to have to get a a higher rate mortgage compared to what the rates were in 2020 and 2021. Right. So we're looking at these things where, or or some people had a variable rate mortgage at 2% and now it's at six and a half. Right. And so can people afford that? That's really the biggest, one of the biggest uncertainties that we're faced with right now. So back to the question, what would you recommend? I personally am a fixed rate guy. The one time I got a variable rate, which I did, was a mistake on the banker's part. And I called them the next, I said, lock that in because I am not a variable rate mortgage guy. And here's why. I like peace of mind. I have a lot of stuff going on. Not everybody's going to be in my situation. So this is just my own experience. I have a lot of things going on. Right. I have a lot of properties. I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real real estate investor. So I, I need that peace of mind of knowing that there is consistency in my payment and factors that are outside of my control are not going to impact that payment. Absolutely. I've locked it in for a five-year term. I have my peace of mind. I'm not a guy who sells his real estate. I don't sell my real estate. I keep my real estate. I'm a long-term and hold kind of guy, a rent and hold kind of guy. So I need the the fixed rates for five years typically is what I do. Yep. Now, the counter argument to that is that historically, the variable rate mortgage has performed better than the fixed rate historically. 
right? So you look at a 30-year mortgage chart, you look at mortgage rates, and the variable rate has outperformed the fixed, meaning it's been lower if you held it for 30 years. But again, that's not really a sound argument to me, simply because that was history. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, number one. Number two, that's if you kept the variable rate mortgage for the entire life of your mortgage, assuming you didn't move, assuming you never sold your property, assuming you you stuck in that property for 30 years, never refinanced, just paid off the mortgage and you were deciding between fixed or variable. So that's although that's a true statement, it may not be applicable to everybody. So it's very important for people just to kind of assess their own situation. Right. Do they want to take the chance? Go with a variable. It may decrease down the line. They could handle a year or two years of turbulence or higher rates. Go ahead. Do you like peace of mind knowing that the rates are a little bit less than the variable rate and, and you could lock in for five years and not worry? Go ahead. Now, here's my my solution to, because Danny says this all the time. Oh, variable I'm going to go with variable. I'm going to go with variable. He's he's a complete opposite of me. But here's the thing. If the rates do come down so much so that the 5% fixed rate that I got is so high now compared to the the rates, they're Mm -hmm. at 2% now. Yeah. It might be better for me to break that mortgage, pay a hefty penalty and get a new mortgage at 2%. It may be better off for me to do that if the rates really come down because- the savings and the interest is so significant that it makes sense to break the mortgage. So I always tell people, for me, I don't want to gamble on this. I want the peace of mind. I got a lot of stuff going on. If the rates do come down significantly, that 5.5%, which I have on a couple condos that I closed recently, is way too high, I'll break it. I'll break the mortgage. I'll pay the penalty. If the numbers make sense to do so, and then I'll lock in at a new rate. Got it. Got it. So you mentioned um, a lot of people might be closing properties now. Um, Let's say like if they bought pre-construction, now things are built and they have to look at some mortgage options. Have you um, at Millennials Choice came across a lot of clients that are coming to you now and are asking you to um, simply like they have to sell because they can't keep up with the these rates and stuff like that? Have you? No. What's that been like? No, no. Not one one of our clients has done that. In fact, we've refinanced a lot of people we've gotten them equity uh, we closed a big deal at the end of december that a pre-construction deal where a lot of our clients bought in 2019 and 2020 nice yeah lots of equity so the people are selling actually right now that bought in 2019 and 2020 pre-construction they they bought something for 350 it went up to about 550 came down a little bit now in 2022 and they're selling the same property that they bought for 350 for 495 around 500k even in this market so they've made a lot of money that's that's I, awesome i have maybe one client who said i literally have one client who is selling not because of the rate but because of he bought a few other things he's got a lot of stuff going on at work he's transitioning from one company company to another he's an investor and so he wants to offload something. So it's just, he feels that it's easier right. for him. Right. That's right. it. I haven't had one person come to me and say, I can't afford what I've bought. That's awesome. And part of that humble brag is, is that 
the way we structure deals for our clients, it leaves so much skin in the game for people to make money. Yes. I was just going to say that also comes with the fact that you prepare people, you educate people. It all comes down to the fact that this is why you need a good realtor by your side, uh, a good partner by your side, because along the way you educate them and you tell them about these factors that can play a part in yeah, and the unique thing about us at Millennials Choice is the core pillar is real estate. So we're our own independent real estate brokerage. We I've been doing that for 11 years now. And and we also brought on the mortgage services just for our buyers. Right. And then we have life insurance and all that stuff. But we brought that in for our buyers. Right. Okay. So real estate is what we're great at. The mortgage stuff. I have contracts with banks and lenders to help our clients. And the reason I say that is that when you sit down with me, we can have a conversation about the financing, about the real estate, how to structure it, the path to go forward, the direction to take. And a lot of real realtors can't do that. A lot of realtors and mortgage agents can't do that. They're very transactional. They're very limited by the brokerage they're with. They're very limited by the skills and the value that they bring to the table for a client. 100%. So we always leave skin in the game. We have connections with builders, developers. We, we've done deals in, in bidding war situations, even in resale, where you buy something that's already built, where the realtor wanted to give the deal to our client, even though our client was giving them less money to their client. But because we have a good reputation, they trusted that we're going to close the deal. Because we have the mortgage brokerage, they trusted that our client's already approved for financing. Right. We've done deals like that in a bidding war situation where other realtors can't can't do that because... They could say our client is approved, but you're not the one who holds the license. You don't really know if they're approved. Right. We, we're, we're the one doing the approval. So there's so many benefits of, of working with us, but you need to make money on the purchase. If the purchase is not great and then things take a turn for the worse and you need to sell, yeah, people will, of course, will lose their shirts and, and won't make money. It happens. 100%. It's, it's business. But most people that are buying from us, especially if you come to us, you say, I'm a first time home buyer. I want to buy this house, whatever. We explain it to you and, and give you a strategy that you need to look at it as an investment. Even if it's a house you're living in, which to me, that's a bad investment. And you know, you've heard me say even about our house, right. it's a bad investment, 100%. but I just call it for what it is. But there's a way to go about it where you can make it a better investment. There's pros to obviously owning your own home. You yeah. don't have to worry about a landlord kicking you out, come home. It's yours. It's free. You know, you have freedom. It's there's a piece in there that of course, you know we experience and joy, yeah, and all that stuff. But there's there's a strategy to go about buying, and there's a strategy now. And I think that especially with this announcement that they're going to keep it steady and inflation is down, and all that stuff, I really think that the market is going to pick back up significantly. It's not only more expensive to buy now not only the purchase price in some areas, but also the mortgage payment. It's not only more expensive to buy now, but it's going to be harder and harder to buy now. And let me tell you why. Year over year, February 2022 to February 2023, supply is down 41%. Wow. Why is that important? February 2022, one house was getting 20, 30, 40 offers. One house. The rates were extremely low. This was before any rate hikes. The first rate hike came uh, March 2nd, 2022. February 2022, you're going to hear a lot of twos here, but February 2022, there were so many offers on one single house that buyers were just getting frustrated. Yeah. You you couldn't 
get a property. Like you're competing with 40 different people. What does that do? It drives the price up and it prices people out of the market. Feb now February, 2023, that same supply. So remember how bad it was 40 offers one year later is cut almost by half. And the only reason the market hasn't just done this is because the interest rate hikes that were so aggressive, the eight right. interest rate hikes that we experienced from March of 2022 up until uh, the beginning of 2023 were so aggressive that it sidelined people for a few reasons. Some people said, well, we need to see where this, where the dust settles here. Maybe there's a market crash. Right. Uh, some people got priced out of the market. You were eligible to, to get a $800,000 mortgage. Now the rate hikes came into effect and now you're only qualified for 600K, just as an example. Well, it sucks, but this is the reality of the market we're in. So do you want to buy something for 600K and adjust your criteria? Or do you want to rent? Or do you want to live with parents? Or stay put where you are? Right. Whatever, whatever that looks like. So people were sidelined. Every time something like this happens, raid hikes, recession, bad economy, all these different things that happen, it always chips away and eliminates, uh, and I say this not in a disrespectful way, but the bottom of the market. So people who are just borderline qualifying for this much, People who were, you know, just able to squeeze by and get this property. Right. It's eliminated those buyers. That's what happens every single time that rate hikes, you know, take a pl take place or recession, whatever. It always impacts directly the bottom of the market. What's up, Carson? So just so the the listeners know, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, how big of a mortgage does that get you? today the general rule of thumb that we we tell our our borrowers is that if you have clean credit you don't have any debts any bad debts or anything like that you're earning a hundred thousand gross and you're salaried you're employed there's so many factors to consider but just in general you'll qualify for about four to four and a half times your your salary so if you're getting a hundred thousand dollars you'll qualify for about four hundred thousand dollars to four hundred fifty thousand dollars as a mortgage Remember, no debts, uh, salaried, you're not commissioned, you're not self-employed because now there's so many factors. You're self-employed, the bank will look at your income in a different way. You're salaried, but you're on probation, that's an issue. So there's so many different factors that play a role in it, but the general rule of thumb would be about four to four and a half times your income. Yeah. So when uh, clients come to you or they ask you like, Matthew, I don't know what to do. Like, do I stay put and wait a little bit, see what happens with the rates um, to buy something or to do something? Or um, should I make a move now that things are steady and they look good? Like what, what's your response to that? Because I feel like we get that a lot, especially like um, even clients who reach out to me and say like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you think it's a good uh, market to buy right now? Um, what do you think about these rates? They're outrageous. What do you say to that? I'm a, I'm a big believer in real estate. I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I've put all my eggs in that basket. So obviously I have that bias of saying just just buy and you know obviously buy something good and and make money on the purchase and know what you're doing and all that stuff. But I always I'm a big believer in real estate. I always say buy. You'll hear some realtors say you do whatever is best for you. Um you'll hear some people say wait and and wait for a correction or or this and that. The reality is nowadays the news is so skewed and, and mm -hmm. manipulated and it's you know news corporations are owned by 
private entities. For sure. You don't really know what's true and what's not. Yeah. So you got to do your own research. You got to base it off of stats. I'm just giving you guys stats. When I say supply is down 41%, here's the thing. Demand is also down by 45%. So at the end of the day, demand is also cut in half. Right. Supply is cut in half. Demand is cut in half. Rates are going up. How do all these things play a role? We have a lot of indebtedness. Canadians are in a lot of debt. We've got proxy wars. We've got pandemics. And we've got all the, how are they going to play? If you go down that rabbit hole, here's what's going to happen. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel like, I don't know what's happening in the world. So I'm just going to stay put. Yep. Because you don't want to take any action. There's mm-hmm. there's fear. The fear of uncertainty. The fear of, of unknown. And I feel like these last couple of years has been a lot of that. For and sure. I could say that I've had those periods too. I'll be very honest with you guys. I've had those moments of like, what's this all f- like? What's this all for? If if this is happening or this is happening, but you have to break through that. You do have to break through that. And the way you break through that is you take action. Yeah. So for those people saying, should I wait or should I do this or should I do that? Listen, I've brought my crystal ball today. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> I don't have a crystal. We should yeah. get a crystal ball. We should get a fake crystal ball. There's no there's no point in 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 wondering about those things. Yeah. It's outside of your control. So to answer your question, I'm not going to say do what's best for you. You know, obviously what you're going to do is what's best for you, but I'm going to say that if you want to buy real estate and today you want to buy real estate today, then buy real estate today. And if you buy it for the purposes of either you're going to live in it or let's say you buy it for the purpose of living in it. You're, you don't really care what happens with the values. You're there. You can afford it. You did something that's good for you. Then you don't need to pay attention to the economy. Why do I need to pay attention to housing prices for the house that I live in? I don't plan on selling it. Right. Why do I care what happens to the price? Am I going to be able to get a better deal if prices go down? Maybe prices went down in 2022 for single family detached. They did. But guess what? It was more expensive to buy in november of 2022 a single detached house that went down by 20 percent than it was to buy it in the hot market of february 2022 why because of the interest so now every single month it's costing me more money and then the life of the mortgage it's costing me more money to own that home so again it's the answer is do what you want to do do you want to buy real estate then then buy it it's simple as that you don't want to buy real estate? Okay, but don't say, I want to wait and see what's going to happen. Because then you know what's going to happen? The rates are going to come down. Real estate's going to skyrocket. And then you're going to say, I should have bought then. Or you're going to say, oh, now I just can't find a house. There's so many bidding wars and yeah. prices are outrageous. And I say that because that's the most recent event that happened in February of 2022, January of 2022. That's what people were saying. That's what people were saying. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> and that's what people were saying. Oh, the, the, the market's outrageous. How long can this last? This can't yeah. last. This isn't normal. This isn't this. This isn't that. Everybody's got an opinion. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. Be weary of the people that are saying it's only going to keep going up. Be weary of those people. Half of those people don't even know what they're talking about. Be weary of the people that are going to say it's going to crash. Yeah. Be weary of the people that are saying this is the bottom of the market. And the reason why I say that is because... You don't know those things to be no, true. No. Those things are just people's opinions. A hundred percent. That's yeah. great advice. That's some great advice. And I feel like, again, it's so important. You, Matthew, like you do your homework, you 
read and look at the stats, you know your stuff. So that way you can guide and tell your clients what you think and things like that. It's so important because you hear about all these realtors. And again, I'm not bashing realtors or anything like that, but you hear about all these realtors who just become realtors to become realtors. And half of them don't even know what's going on. And they kind of just go based on what they they hear on the news, like you said, like which is not always correct. And uh, they advise their clients to make moves based on that, which, so it's so important, again, to have the right person by your side. And I feel like you're just so knowledgeable when it comes to those things. And it's so important. Well, the reason, uh, first of all, thank you, Sarah. It's nice. You guys heard that? That's that's my wife saying those things. About no, me. it's true. It's so but, true. I'm not, I'm not even speaking no, as know. your wife. I'm I speaking know. as someone who, if I make real estate moves, like I would want you by my side because and, I can tell that you know your stuff. And the thing is, you're doing a great job as a host. Uh, our whole day today got shuffled around. We had a special guest, everything. It would, have been, it would have been fun. I wore my money jacket today yeah. and it, it, it all got shuffled around and, you know, Danny couldn't make it and, and the guest couldn't make it. It was just all around and, and Carson was running two minutes late. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, Sarah, we're still going to go. We're still going to record, but you, you host, so you're doing a great job. But, Thank you. Um, regarding why I stay. Okay. So why do I stay on top of the market? Number one, it's my career. I want to get better. I want to know things. I want to see what's going on. I want to track things in real time. But number two, I'm a real estate investor. And the reason I share that is not, you know, I own one property. Now I'm a real estate investor. I own a piece of land. Now I'm a builder. No, it's not for the purposes of having a title. You know, you rarely ever hear me talk about my university degrees. Never. My, my titles. and I don't care rarely, about yeah. You know, broker of record. People think I'm a I'm a salesperson. I'm a broker of record. I own the company. We're completely independent. This isn't the a team brand that people go under a bigger brand. We're completely independent. But the reason why I share all that is because I would want to buy real estate if I was not a real estate broker like I am. I would want to buy real estate with the help of a team of people that own real estate. Why would I not want to enlist the help of somebody who's bought real estate, who's licensed in that area, who knows a good investment when they see one, who has an 11 year, take that in, 11 years, that's 132 months, okay? 11 years of experience of really just investing every single year. There hasn't been one year that's gone by that I have not bought a property. That is one of my list of goals that I carry with me. It's in the other room all the time of buying properties. Why wouldn't you want the help of somebody like that? Of course, a hundred percent. It makes so much sense. If it's not me, you know, we're not going to win them all. We're human. We don't have, we don't have more time than everybody else. If it's not me, find someone like that, that works for you. If you're listening to this in, in the U S if you're listening to this in another province in, in, British Columbia, Alberta, whatever. Find someone who's like that. For don't sure. just don't just say I'm gonna go with my cousin, with yeah. my aunt and uncle, with my uh, I don't know whoever else people want to go. Friend. My friend, whatever. Don't just. I get it, and you have a good heart for wanting to do that, and that's good that you want to do that. I wish if if all of our family worked with me, we wouldn't be here recording a podcast, Carson. <laughs> but it's because a lot of family members don't work with family; they want to keep that separate business, but. I'm telling you guys, don't do that unless that person can help you get to where you want to go. Of course. Of course. Especially when it comes to something like real estate. It's it's a big deal. A big You're not deal. buying a pair of pants, a no. pair of jeans. Um, that's crazy. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's why I stay on top of it for myself. I'm always reading. And I like to track my investments. I don't track our house. 
I do look to see what's for sale and, and stuff. I want to know what my neighborhood is selling for, but I don't track it as detailed as I track my investments. I'm on the MLS specifically looking in key areas every single day. Literally, yeah. there isn't one day that I don't go on there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and I could vouch know, for that. I see it. So yeah, I know I 100%. do that and I have listings that are favorited and I'm calling realtors and saying, how are you doing with this listing? It might be a condo building where I own a condo and, and I'm not even looking to sell. I'm not looking to do that. I'll call the realtor if they have a similar layout or the same layout. How are you doing with, at this price? Are you getting showings? Right. Are you getting, did you get an offer? Uh, I'm, I'm a realtor, but I'm also an owner in the building. I don't plan on selling, but I'm just inquiring. That's what I do. And then I translate that to my clients. And usually the buildings that I look up or the areas I look up, we've sold a lot of properties there to our clients. So I, I then I, you know, I update everybody who buys and somebody called your dad. Your dad asked me yesterday, how much do you think our condo is worth? They bought the That's condo right. from us. Yep. And I I told them. I said between this number, 650 to 750, I told them. Okay. Without going on the MLS, I just knew I was on top of it because of the clients that came by our office right. recently. So I had already done this, the, the search and what, what happened? He's like, you sure it's not a little bit higher? I go, no, I go, I'm, I'm positive. It's not higher. I go, they came down a bit in this building, whatever. He pulls out a letter from another realtor. He goes, look at this two bedroom. It's a little bit more. And I'm like, yeah, but look at the square footage. And then I said, look at this two bedroom on that same realtors, uh, pamphlet or whatever yep. they had. Yep. And I said, this is your, this is your two bedroom, like similar size yeah. bathroom. He's like, and it's, it was literally 700 K and I said 650 to 750. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm on it, man. You know, your I'm stuff. on that stuff. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm on that stuff. I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. If I don't know the answer, I'll say, I don't know the answer. Let me look into it. If, right. if it's a area or something that I'm not actively working in all the time. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's super important. Super to be important. Ready. Super important. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you guys, you want to ask me anything else? Carson, you have any other questions? Not for this episode. Not for this episode. Stay tuned, you guys. We have a lot of good content coming out. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the stats and things like that in, yeah. in more detail. It'll be on another episode that you could find. Are we expecting any other more We are expecting. Soon? We're expecting. We are expecting very <laughs> soon. But are we... Uh, mortgage, an yeah. mortgage announcements? They are tabling very good question they are tabling um different ideas so they had said the the governing body that governs all the banks and lenders had said that they want to consider tightening up the gds and tds ratios that people that the banks use to qualify you okay they've been talking about potentially requiring larger down payment amounts okay. from people uh, that's they're, they're doing that as we speak. And by the time this episode airs, I don't, I don't think their decision will be made, but they've said towards mid to end of April, they're going to, they're going to close that window and then make a decision. Okay. There's also the budget that the budget, when it comes out at some point there, they might have some things in there, um, the federal budget and things like that. But in sp specifically with mortgages, it's those other announcements. And if that does happen, let's talk about that. If that does happen where they say you're going to require a larger down payment, the ratios are going to be tightened. You're going to, you're going to qualify for less. Right. Right. Who does that affect? First time home buyers. Who does that affect? Potential investors. Absolutely. So, so you guys have to understand that it's only going to get harder we talked about you're not going to save more money than inflation. 
I don't, I don't know if you guys have a way of saving money that I don't know about. <laughs> let me know because I, no matter what, I, it's hard to save. A hundred percent. Things are expensive. I'm paying more for gas. I'm paying more for uh, gas for my car, gas for my house, gas for my office. I'm paying more for groceries. I'm paying more for my mortgage. Yeah. I'm paying more for uh, any other expense. If you own a condo right now, maintenance fees are jumping 10 to 15%. Yep. If you want to have, if you want to hire a, a contractor to come do a job for you at your house, it's way more expensive than before. The cost to build is going up. Some, some things have come down, but it's still, it's still up there. Right. Things are getting more and more expensive. Carbon tax is, is coming into effect on April 1st. If not, you know, by the time of the airing of this episode, that's going to make things more expensive. Even, even real estate, there are, there are now deals like you're doing deals on, on the pre-construction side where you have to pay a carbon tax, right? That's getting passed down to everybody. So things are going to become more and more expensive. And the way to fight it is not by savings. If you're saving some, if you're saving money, that's the investment vehicle you've chosen. It's called a savings account. Yep. And it's not giving you any interest. So it's, it's getting chipped away at every single month. The amount stays the same, but you're not, you're able to buy less. You're not able to buy as much as you once were, right? If you choose a GIC, if you choose a mutual fund, whatever that rate is that they want to give you for the GIC is what you get. Some people like 4%, 4.5% on their money, 5%, 3%, whatever it is. I don't, I don't think those returns are sufficient. Like the bank is giving you 4 or 5%. They're lending it out and making 10 times that. Right. Right. So I don't think that's a, a good rate. If you're getting 4.5% or even 5 it's still below in inflation. So you're tying up your money. You can't use your money in case of an emergency. You're getting a crappy return on your investment. Um, you buy real estate. You can generate rental income. You can generate tax write-offs. You can lease a car through your real estate investment, generate some write-offs, generate some tax credits. You can do so many things. You can buy a, a $500,000 real estate with only 100K or if you're a first-time home buyer and you qualify, 25K. So you bought a $500,000 real estate with only 25K or 100K. That's called leverage. So there, there's so many. You buy gold and silver. That market is crap. They're manipulating it with shorts and futures and all this different stuff. It's, you know, you buy crypto, you can buy crypto, but who says that crypto is worth anything? You could buy NFT. Who puts the value on that? The people. And I don't know what's going to happen when digital currencies come out to, to certain types of cryptocurrency, but you can't, it's not really that stable. It's very volatile to me. The exchanges are getting audited. The exchanges are being audited by the governments. Uh, what happened with recently with that guy who embezzled mil billions of dollars? I think his bail is set at like a hundred million dollars, something, some crazy number. Yeah. So you don't you don't know, right? You don't know for sure. I prefer real estate. Yeah. Personally, I prefer real estate. And yeah, guys, take a look at some of our other other episodes where we talk about the stats, where we talk about different factors pertaining to pre-construction real estate, resale real estate, multifamily. We got a whole wealth of resources and information from people that are more experienced than we are in those areas and yeah check those out it's free for you guys that was awesome matthew thank you so much um i think this was a great episode you definitely know your stuff so keep it up <laughs> good job sarah great job on on hosting thank you thank you so much guys and thank you for listening and we'll definitely see you soon see you soon guys <laughs>